Welcome to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. Please open your hearts to hear an anointed message that will encourage and empower you to walk in the love and light of God's Word. Beloved, in part four of the Christ Deception, Lucifer's Most Deadly Lie, we are going to investigate the cult of the Jehovah's Witnesses and adjust as Islam and Mormonism, which we covered in parts two and three, were scripturally revealed to be deadly deceptions that are leading multitudes to their eternal demise. After close scrutiny, we will find that the belief system of the Jehovah's Witnesses has been woven with the same Luciferian strategies that have been orchestrated by the Stred enemy to lead as many as he can away from the one and only true God of all creation and salvation's hope that Jesus Christ alone can give. While some may still be living with their illusions, believing that the world is as it has always been, with only a few innovative changes that will only make life on this earth better for the people who occupy it. The truth is that this world is spiraling into the last moments of the last days and that behind the scenes, darkened agents of Satan are plotting sinister plans to create a one-world order that will usher in the Antichrist and his global control. Technology has reached unbelievable heights in concert with the demonic power that is fueling it, making ready the inner workings that will make this tyrannical domination a stark reality. We have covered many of these technological and scientific innovations in past messages, and we will be revisiting them again in upcoming podcasts, because their advancements are growing at an exponential speed, and it is important to know and understand just how far they have come in light of the fulfillment of the prophetic word of God that has clearly made certain that the Antichrist will rule over the entire world. And while most people do not realize it or don't really care, including many who name themselves Christian, we are now living in a time when this super advanced technology is already in place and being perfected to enable the Antichrist to wield his global control over every man, woman, and child who populate this earth. But at the heart of this worldwide agenda, is the one world religion. For this is the vehicle through which Lucifer will access the worship that he has always longed for, at least for a time. That is, until Jesus returns at his second coming and slays him with the breath of his mouth and the splendor of his coming. As recorded in Second Thessalonians 2.8, this religious harlot has been growing from her conception in the Garden of Eden into an adulterous woman, and through the efforts of Lucifer's ecumenical strategies, she has spawned many daughters who are being gathered together in service to their master under the leadership of the false prophet. We are reminded that the name Antichrist means not only against, but also instead of and every false Christ that has been revealed in the many false ways that Lucifer has orchestrated is a forerunner to this man of lawlessness, 
who is soon to appear on the face of the earth. In readiness, they are converging into the cosmic Christ that will be accepted by all religions and melded into the one-world religion of the Antichrist, who will abolish this living organism halfway into the tribulation period to become a religion unto himself. That is why, in every false way, the genuine Christ of the Holy Scriptures is always misrepresented in some fashion. He will be presented as a perfect teacher, or honored prophet, or a stunning example of love. But he will never, never be revealed as the living Word, the Lord God Almighty, or the great I Am, and man's only hope of salvation's eternal life guarantee. And when the Antichrist is revealed, he will proclaim that he is the awaited Messiah that all religions have been expecting, even though they called him by different names. Which brings us to the Jehovah's Witnesses. In a commentary written for Ligonier Ministries entitled, Who Are the Jehovah's Witnesses? They write, Over the past century and a half, the Jehovah's Witnesses have become one of the most significant cults in the world. An estimated 8.7 million people adhere to the teaching and practice of this false religion worldwide. In the late 1870s, Charles Taze Russell, a Restoration Movement minister, began publishing his heretical doctrines in a periodical entitled Zion's Watchtower and Herald of Christ's Presence. Russell grew up in a religious home, attending both Presbyterian and Congregational churches. As a teenager, however, he started questioning several essential Christian doctrines, such as the Trinity and eternal punishment. Having been a follower of the Adventist movement, an umbrella term for those influenced by 19th-century American preacher William Miller and his false prediction of Christ's return in 1843, Russell insisted that Christ had returned in a non-visible form in 1874. When his prediction that Christians would be resurrected in 1878 failed, Russell distanced himself from the Adventist movement. He then started his own publishing company in 1881 called the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society, which published as many as 16 million copies of his books and pamphlets by the time of his death in 1916. J.F. Rutherford was then elected the second president of the organization. Though considerably less prolific as a writer than Russell, Rutherford took on the role as the unofficial and infallible prophet for the organization. When Rutherford died in 1942, N. H. Knorr became the president of the Jehovah's Witnesses, and others have followed, with Robert Serenko the current president. Jehovah's Witnesses are most well known for denying the Trinity, the deity of Christ, the personhood of the Holy Spirit, and the doctrine of eternal punishment. But the most dangerous element of their false belief system is the person of Jesus Christ. For this is Lucifer's most deadly ploy in leading multitudes away from the genuine Savior and into worship of Lucifer himself instead. In a commentary written for ChristianAnswers.net, they indicate that Jehovah's Witnesses believe that Jesus Christ was a perfect man, 
and that he is a person distinct from God the Father. However, they also teach that before his earthly life, Jesus was a spirit creature in the form of Michael the archangel, who was created by God and became the Messiah at his baptism. According to them, Jesus is a mighty one, although not almighty as Jehovah God is. And yet, in John 10.30, Jesus proclaimed that, I and the Father are one. And in verse 38 of that same chapter, Jesus reiterates this truth by his decree that, The Father is in me, and I in the Father. The Jehovah's Witnesses refute that truth, where in John chapter 1 and verse 1, in their rewritten version of the Bible, the New World Translation, they present Christ as a God, but not the God of all creation. Also teaching that Jesus was, and is, and always will be beneath Jehovah, and that Jesus and God are not co-equal. Woe to those who corrupt the unadulterated word of God's truth by adding to or taking away from his forever settled in heaven word. For they bring upon themselves a curse ending in eternal destruction and a forever destiny in the fires of hell, forever apart from the God of love. The Holy Scriptures confirm Jesus as being referred to as Jehovah. In Isaiah 44, 6, Jehovah is called the first and the last. It is written, Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first, and I am the last, and there is no God besides me. And in Revelation 1.8, Lord Jesus is referred to as the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, where he himself proclaims that, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. In Matthew 1.23, Jesus is called Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Thomas touched the wounds of Jesus after his glorious resurrection unto eternal life, Thomas exclaimed, My Lord and my God, as recorded in John 20.28. 20, Stephen called Jesus Lord in Acts 7, 59-60, and we are to confess Jesus as Lord, as confirmed in Romans 10.9 and 1 Corinthians 12.3. The title Lord in these verses is Kyrios, which is the Greek word for Jehovah in the Septuagint, the Greek version of the Old Testament. It is evident from this that Jesus Christ the Lord, or Kyrios, is Jehovah God. The Holy Scriptures also solidify the attributes of Christ with proof that He is God. In John 1.48, 2.25, 664, 14.30, and 21.17, Jesus is revealed as knowing all things. Matthew 28.18 and Hebrews 1.3 decree that He is all-powerful. In John 8.46, He is proclaimed to be sinless. And in Micah 5.2 and Hebrews 13.8, to be eternal and unchanging. 
Since only God possesses all these attributes, Jesus Christ must be God. His works also confirm that Jesus Christ is God and one with the Father. In Mark 2, 5-7 and Ephesians 1, 7, it is confirmed that Jesus has the power to forgive sins, to give eternal life, John 10, 28 and 17, 2, to judge the world, John 5, 22 and 27, and to control nature, Matthew 8, 26. Since only God can do all these things, Jesus Christ is indeed God. The unadulterated Holy Scriptures also indicate that Jesus Christ received worship as God. In Hebrews 1.6, Jesus is worshipped by the angels, and in Matthew 14.33, by man. Although we have only touched the surface, Scripture is very clear on the true identity of Jesus Christ as the Son of God and God Himself. No matter how the Jehovah's Witnesses twist or attempt to adjust the Word of God to support their false belief system, which they do to a fault. We, as God's holy remnant, are not called to debate or argue, but only to speak the unadulterated word of His truth in love, and to lead those who have been deceived to the One who alone can set them free from Satan's lies and deceptions. Those who have been given ears to hear will hear. They will come, and they will follow the one who alone is the way and the truth and the life, Lord Jesus the Christ. In John 10:14, the words of Lord Jesus are recorded. I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me, even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep which are not of this fold. I must bring them also. And they shall hear my voice. And they shall become one flock with one shepherd. In closing, I leave you with a prayer of Ephesians 1, 17-19, which was offered up by Paul on behalf of those who have entered into eternal life's guarantee through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of His calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? And, as always, beloved, I bid you his agape. You've been listening to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. If you have a prayer request, please contact us at Agape Light Ministries. P.O. Box 6313, Chesterfield, Missouri, 63006, or via our website at www.agapelightministries.com. Again, that's www.agapelightministries.com.